0: And night, Hello everyone! And it and it welcome to Let's Talk Torah. Children. I am Rabbi Tweet Jacobson with Anoram Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah learning stuff and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at let's talk gmail.com. And of course I will answer as many as I can. Or or you could just go to our webpage at Let's Let's talk and again, there's place there to leave questions, comments. I can get back to you. You can listen to the old shows. You can find the old shows. You can sign up for any platform that you happen to like to listen to podcasts on. Whatever works for you is all set up on that beautiful web page, net. So we just had Lagba Omer. Um, for those not familiar with Lagba Omer, um, that is... Um, the 33rd day of the Omer. It is considered a very joyous day. That was the day that Rabbi Akiva's students um, stopped dying. Um, it was also the day that the great Rav Shemar um died, but he said it should be a happy day, a, cel- a celebration. He finished, gave us the Kabbalah, the Zohar, so lots of things happened on Lagba Omer. And somehow in schools... And I don't know exactly why or how, but it sort of became a day where schools will take children on trips. And I remember growing up that my teacher would, well, the bus took us, but we'd go to Bear Mountain Park and my teacher would pitch, the only time the whole year he pitched. And I now do the same with my class. I also pitch in the baseball game. Now, I'll pitch during the year, but, but specifically we go to a park and we have the bases and you know I use a a ladies' softball. I mean it's boys or third grade. and they 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 really want to use these rubber coated balls because the ones that can hit it goes a mile, which is exactly why I use a regular ladies softball, because even the ones who can hit, it's not going that far. So the innings will move along. Now something happened during the game and the score got a little lopsided, but even lopsided the end that it was seven to one. But both teams were consistently filling the bases, but you don't have enough good hitters to keep advancing everybody around. You're not knocking it into the outfield too often. So it, it allows the game to move along at a much better pace, which is why I use that ball, and I do not tell them that that's why, but they can actually catch it. It's bigger. It's it's uh, yeah, whatever. It's log boy, man. It is the beauty of of enjoying a day out with the boys. We had a great time, came back, had a barbecue and hot dogs, which I don't eat, and uh, chips, which I don't eat, and soda, which I don't drink. So I had my lunch, and they, of course, had a great lunch, and then we had these blob slides. It was really a great day, really, really a fun day. As the school year is winding down, we don't like to say it because technically there's a, a fifth of the year left or a sixth of the year left, not a sixth, between a fifth and a sixth right now, but the fact of the matter is we're we're starting to wind down, finishing stuff up, finishing projects, finishing uh, stuff we're studying, um, older grades getting ready for graduations, but school is great. And before we get into what we really want to talk about, of course, I just want to remind everybody, I know how much you guys love the show, and you know, as always, I need your help. So please, to help the show spread, please go to my homepage, that Let's Talk Torah.net, Um, hit the donate button. Um any level of donation is beautiful, or any um, of your own choosing is beautiful. And if you like a shout-out, of course, we'll, uh, we'll take care of a shout-out, memory of, happy birthday. And, of course, in advance, I do thank you. But coming right up, now that Lagba Omer is behind us, we are getting ready for the Shavuot, the Shavuos holiday. And even in my class, the way it works out for what we study, I actually... Study with them in the afternoon. We take a. Now we finished some other things. We have a window of about fifteen extra minutes, so we're actually studying the Torah portion that gets us ready for the acceptance. Oh, that's cool. Okay, um, I don't I have no idea what happened, but I'm sure Alan knew because he played with some of the wires over here. That is so cool. Okay, in any case, so we, we have to get ready for the Jewish people showing up at Mount Sinai, getting ready to accept the Torah. So let's talk about some of these preparation days, some of the things that are happening, some of the things on this very interesting holiday, the Shavuot holiday, is the only holiday where there's no special command. It's not Passover where we eat matzah. It's not the Sukkot holiday where we sit in the sukkah and we eat in the sukkah and we take the lulav and the etrog, right? It's not Purim, right, where we're reading reading Megillah and giving food packages and giving charity. It's not Hanukkah where we're lighting candles. It's not Rosh Hashanah where we're blowing your shofar. It's not Yom Kippur where we're fasting. It's just a holiday which is so beautiful. It is true. Many people, myself included, we will stay up all night long and study Torah. That's a custom. That's a minig. There's no actual mitzvah. We are just enjoying the holiday. Home, family, synagogue, praying, Torah study, and it is fascinating. The Talmud has an argument um, of what do you do on a regular holiday? Is a holiday meant for God? Is a holiday meant for us? Or is a holiday 50-50? Meaning for God, you're going to pray, you're going to study Torah. If it was for us, you're going to have a festive meal. But everybody agrees on the holiday of Shavuot that it's 50-50. You must take time to enjoy a festive holiday meal. And of course, in my case... It is most important that my wife make cheesecake. That is like, whoa. As long as she's making cheesecake, I am the happiest person. The truth is I'm the happiest person without the cheesecake, but uh, hello. Who doesn't want cheesecake? And the reason why, of all the holidays, that you must have a festive meal is because the holiday of Shavuot... um, is remembering the day the Jewish people received the Torah from God. And if we're not in a festive mood, if we are not enjoying the holiday, if we are not sitting down, so people could say, hey, those Jewish people, they could care less that they got the Torah. If they would be so happy, they'd be having a party. Even if I'm the kind of person who wants to say, no, I will show God that I'm so happy, I am going to study Torah day and night during the holiday. That might be good personally for me, but what happens to all the people who are watching what's going on? The people watching what's going on could think I don't seem to be celebrating like a normal person celebrates, therefore, the Talmud says everybody agrees that on the holiday of Shavuot, you must have festive meals, you're not going to fast. You're, just gonna do Torah. You're not going to just do Torah study. Of course you should study Torah. But you must make time for a festive meal. So now, but first things first, let's get into the, into the preparation. Um, I saw somebody say recently the, the whole counting period, these 49 days from the second day of Passover leading up to the Shavuot holiday is all part of preparation Without preparation, we're not ready to get the Torah. The preparation is a, is a major step, something that is necessary for me and everyone to be ready for the holiday. So what was the Jewish people's preparation? What was going on? So a week before we received the Torah, we arrive at Mount Sinai. We were coming from a place called Rafidim. Rafidim is where we were attacked by Amalek, now we had to make a war with them. We complained if God was taking care of us. So God sends out Malik, so we pray. Now we know God's taking care of us. We now leave Rafidim. We show up at Mount Sinai. So day one, the first day, day one of showing up at Mount Sinai, all we do is unpack. Everybody unpacks. And there is a most famous, as many famous verses happens to be in Parash Yisro and in, in the question of Jethro that describe our arriving, what happens, many, many famous verses, which is, again, what I'm teaching my class right now. So the first one is, when it talks about the Jewish people camping by Mount Sinai, instead of using the plural, which would be v'yachanu, or which means they camped, it uses the singular of v'yichan, he camped. Why? We're we using the singular instead of the plural. So the commentaries and Rashi especially explain that even though other times where we camp and we move in the desert, there's always issues and complaints and quarrels and who knows what. This time, no complaints. Everybody was with a singular focus. The Rashi says, Like one man with one heart that we all had one Goal. Everybody was camping for the same goal to receive the Torah from God at Mount Sinai. And that's something that's so special, that concept that we could all be there with one goal in mind. Um, So we get the special phrase of he camped that the whole Jewish nation was like one. So we camp. Now, as I told my class, you'll see the verses inside. It It is a little complicating. But if you look carefully in the verses, you will see that Moses goes up Mount Sinai every day and comes back and talks to the Jewish people. Next morning, goes back up, talks to God, comes back down, talks to the Jewish people. That's how it works every day, except the day we receive the Torah. Moses goes up and down the mountain once. Could Moses talk to God from the desert without going up the mountain? I mean, he could, um, but he doesn't. For whatever reason, this is the setup during this week. And again, even though God is going to know what the Jewish people said, but the rule is if I give you a message, you got to give over the message. It's not good enough the person knows. You have to officially deliver the message that you received. So he goes up to God on day one, comes back down to the Jewish people. And God has, tells Moses, you're going to speak to the ladies first. You're going to speak to the men second. And the reason behind that is you have to show the Jewish women the importance of their job. All right, We live in a culture where, you know, I sometimes can't figure out what the culture is. It keeps changing. First had to be the women were equal to men. Now they want, uh, now I don't know what they want. Now you're not a man, you're not a lady, who knows what they want. But there was certainly a time where it was important, right, in the culture that women are exactly the same as men, right? Jewish thought is not that way. We're not the same. One's a man, one's a lady. They have different jobs. We're physically different. We are mentally different. That has nothing to do with good or bad. It's not a good or bad thing. It's just different. And we should celebrate what makes us different, not make everybody exactly the same, and then nobody knows what anybody is. But that's really a conversation for another day. But the point is that the women are raising children. The men are going out. The women are raising children. doesn't mean women can't go out. It just means this is how the world is set up, right? In other words, a man can't become pregnant. That's our physical body, right? And I'm not complaining about that, by the way. So but it is natural women raise children. That's all there is to it. I know from experience. You know, my wife tells me, "You're clueless. you don't understand how to take care of the kids, just do what I tell you. When they get older, you'll take care of them. Right? In other words, I study with my children now that they're older. Right? But when they're really babies, who's the one that's inculcating into the child what this child should grow up to be? So that's the mother. Right? That's the mother's love. That's the mother's nurturing and caring. And she's busy explaining to the child how beautiful it is to, to be Jewish and to want to study Torah and all these other things. So Moses has to make it very clear to the women how important they are. Furthermore, they deserved that Moses should speak to them first. Again, why can't he speak to everybody together? He could speak to everybody together. But that's not going to teach any lessons to anybody to to in, to show the women how important they are. It's easy to feel sometimes not important, so we have to show you're the most important. And furthermore, as almost as a reward, because the the we left Egypt in the merit of the righteous women, without the women, the Jewish people would have been destroyed. Pharaoh made a decree... He says, all the men are slaves, right? And crazy slaves. And his whole intention was that we were going to be working so hard, we wouldn't even want to go home. Maybe we didn't even have time to go home. And the women went ahead, and they bathed us and brought us food and went out to the fields, and they encouraged us to stay married and to have families. So the survival of the Jewish people was because of the women in Egypt. So for that alone, they also deserve to be spoken to first. Moses also tells us that we are all holy, we are all special, we're all deserving of being um, like priests. Obviously, we're not all. It was a conversation I had in class with my boys, right? I said, the verse says we're a kingdom of priests. I said, so does that mean I'm a priest? So, of course, the in class says, oh, no, 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 only me. I said, but what do you do with the verse? So we had a good back and forth. But, of course, it doesn't make us into Gohanim. It doesn't make us into priests, but it means we're all deserving to be on that level. Also, a famous verse, God carried us on the wings of eagles. A lot, a lot of famous verses. And so Moses tells us, you want the Torah? We say yes. But we only said the word nasa, that we will do we didn't say we will do and we will listen. We didn't say nasa yet, yet; that comes later. We just said the words nasa, that we will do whatever God says, even without understanding. And even though that was great, it means we accepted the Torah. But really, really, Moses told us it's not good enough because we're not robots. right? We're not supposed to keep the Torah without any questions. We're supposed to ask. We're supposed to delve in. We're supposed to use our brains. We're supposed to try to understand what does God want for me? How does God want me to serve him? And then I, each one on his level, as much as I can understand what God wants and how God wants me to do it. And of course, at the end of the day, I'm doing it because God says, but, it, but at least if I can get in a deeper understanding, um, that's clearly what my goal is. So Moses goes back. So God tells Moses, okay, I'm going to come down on Mount Sinai in a thick cloud, but I'm only going to talk to you, Moses. The Jewish people will watch the show. They will see my presence come down. They will see that you and I are having a conversation. They will understand that I'm giving you the Torah. And then you'll tell the Jewish people uh, what I gave you. That was the original plan. That's not what happened. But that was the original plan. Moses comes down and tells the Jewish people, okay, this is what's happening. And the Jewish people say, one second, not so fast. God's right here. Why is he only talking to you? Why can't he talk to all of us? So Moses says, okay, great. Right? God needed to hear from the Jewish people that we wanted God to talk directly to us. Once we've made that declaration, Moses goes back up the mountain, tells God, so God says, great, I'm going to come down. I'm going to talk to the Jewish people. Um, but now there's new preparations that need to be made. First of all, they need to separate from their wives. Otherwise, the spirituality um, will be overwhelming for them. They have to like purify themselves a little bit. Right? The Jewish people, it is not being a monk is not a Jewish thought. However, When you're going to talk directly to God, you have to be in a very high-level, pure state. But you're not supposed to stay on that level. You're supposed to be married. You're supposed to have children. That's what God wants from everybody. So, Bo's going to make boundaries. He's going to tell them, you can't go anywhere on the mountain. You you can't go up on the mountain. When God comes down, the mountain is holy. So, while God's presence is on the mountain, no one goes on the mountain. And as we do not, we've talked about this numerous times, God does not want us to die to become more spiritual. God wants us to live, which means if you can't handle going on the mountain, you don't go on the mountain. And therefore, uh, there are going to be boundaries. We're going to be warned and rewarned and prepared how we're going to be here when God comes down on the mountain. Now, a lot of that's in, the, in this Torah portion of Parashis Yisro, but in Mishpatim, in the next Torah portion, there's actually a whole new um, facet of things that are going on because the Torah portion of Jethro is discussing how we prepare ourselves in holiness. Parashis Mishpatim, the Mishpatim portion, is going to discuss... Um, the treaty made between the Jewish people and God. God says that you are my nation, and we say that God is our God. And the rule is no baxes. Right? Once God accepts us as His people, He cannot. That was the deal. No matter what other religions want to say, um, God took the Jewish people, and that's it. And as we say, you know, He sent him for the millions of people the were His nation. If he changed his mind, let him get us all back together and uh, tell us all the same way. He took us, he has to get rid of us the same way. Sending one, one person to say it's not happening, we are not uh, accepting of. So what happens is that Moses will, will read the Torah from the from, Barathe, from Genesis, through getting the Torah. And here the Jewish people say the famous Nas of Nishina, we will do... And we will listen, meaning we are listening no matter what. But we will put in as much effort as possible to understand what God wants. That was so special. It says God sent down angels and put two types of crowns on top of each person. And Moses will have sacrifices brought and he will take the blood that is caught and half will be thrown on the altar. And the other half is spritzed, is thrown on the Jewish people. And miraculously, it turned into like millions of droplets, and every person got like a little drop of blood on his clothing. And then everybody went ahead and took like, I guess, a scissor or a knife, and they cut out the piece of material that had the blood. And then from then on, you fix your clothing, and that was like a badge of honor. So you would pin on that piece of material that had that little drop of blood when we made the treaty with God. So that's what was taking place really on days four and five. And then day six is debatable. If that was the day we got the Torah or we got the Torah on day seven, it's an argument in the Talmud exactly what happened. And then on day seven, we all miraculously slept late. Everybody slept late. So God's already by the mountain. Obviously, God planned it that way. And Moses brings the Jewish people, and God comes to greet us, and the mountain is, is thundering and lightning and fire and clouds and water, and it's unbelievable. The mountain is filled with flowers. There's a custom people have to, um, to buy special flowers for the holiday, and even in synagogues they put flowers and greens to remember that Mount Sinai in the middle of the desert all of a sudden is full of greenery. So I always remember, because when I was like in sixth grade, um, they asked, it was like a prize, um, this pirche, and they asked, how do you know there were flowers on Mount Sinai? So I knew the answer. I couldn't understand why nobody knew the answer. But the answer was because it says animals also can't go up on Mount Sinai. Now, why is an animal going up onto a mountain? It says dirt and rocks. No reason for an animal to go. Must be there was greenery and flowers and grass and other stuff growing, so the animals would want to go up, so we had to be warned that the animals stay put, so God says the commandments, but the fact is every word that uh, God speaks, our souls flew up into heaven, we could not handle the spirituality, and it kept killing the people, and God would bring us back alive and and the angels would bring us back to Mount sinai and and this went on word by word through the first two commandments and there goes the music and we'll have to continue this another time the music is playing I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet thank you of course to all wonderful sponsors and listeners you know I can't do it without you thank you to my wonderful production team we have Alan in the back I hope I have left with food for thought until next time I am Rabbi T. Jacobson you've been listening to Let's Talk Toro on NRM Streamcast until next time don't forget to think about it in a million dreams for the world on a night. There's a house we can build, every room inside is filled.